0: Welcome and honor, please, with me, Mario Morello.
1: Well, to God be the glory. To God be the glory. Everybody give Him glory right now. Glory to God. You know, uh, you may be seated. The uh, most important thing that I want to tell you is this: It confused me when Paul said, "I would glory in my weaknesses," and I thought to myself, "We live in a society where we brag about our strengths. uh, It's our part of our culture." I I don't know anything that confuses me more than when I see a football player spike a football in the end zone while his team is still losing. But the point is that Paul said, I will glory in my weaknesses. And I made a lot of mistakes. And I failed. And my story, what's up there, is all about the grace of God and the mercy of God. The Bible tells us that in the last days, the people who know their God will be strong and carry out great exploits. I believe the greatest Christians who ever lived in the Bay Area are about to emerge. The strongest Christians, the most unified Christians, the most powerful and anointed Christians. And that's who you are. Would you clap for Jesus right now, everyone? And I'm going to tell you a story, and this is not my opening remarks. I'm actually in the message right now. (laughs) And I wanted to quit. How many of you have ever wanted to quit? Raise your hand. How many of you wanted to quit so bad you could raise two arms and a leg? I wanted to quit. (laughs) So one day I was in the Bay Area. I tried everything. The images you saw in that video were science fiction of me at this point in my life. I, I didn't see any of those things uh, at the Cow Palace until years and years. But one thing that happened to me was that I lost my confidence in God's power to intervene in this region of the world. I felt that there was something transcendent in this region where we live that made it impossible for God to break through the way He did in other parts of the world. And so I was tired. How many have you ever been tired? Raise your hand. How many have you ever been exhausted? Yeah, we're back. And uh, tired and discouraged they are a, they're a brutal combination. So I told God, I quit. I looked at him. I said, I quit. I'm done. I'm leaving the Bay Area. I'm going to take my cousin Fernando's offer for Amway today. (laughs) (laughs) And I am out of the ministry. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, before you quit, go upstairs in your room and pray. And I said, "No. No, no. No." Because I know how you work. And I as I told you, I quit. So I went upstairs and I prayed. And while I was praying, the Holy Spirit and this was in the year 19, none of your business. <laughs> it's sufficient for you to know that it was in the 1900s. <laughs> I uh, I prayed, and I did what Hannah did. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about Hannah before I tell you what happened while I was praying. I'm a faith preacher. I believe in faith. I believe in God will prosper you. I believe that God will bless you. I believe that God wants to do things through you that are mighty. But when I read that part of 1 Samuel chapter 1, it said that God had closed her womb. So, the catalyst for all of her misery originated from something that God did in her body. The other thing that confused me was a psalm in the Bible where it says, Deep cries unto deep at the sound of your waterspouts. Of course, that's one of my favorite songs in the world. It came from Bethel and uh, how we're stirring up deep, deep wells. There's a side to that. So, like, I'm preaching like someone might if they were on LSD. I've got an image of me praying. I've got you out in the middle of the ocean. And we're over here with Hannah. (laughs) You know, how many of you know this is three-dimensional preaching right here? This is (laughs) layers and layers of imagery. But as it happened, Hannah's competitor, the other wife, could have children. But Elkanah loved Hannah the most, but it didn't matter. See, it didn't matter how much he loved her, because the grief of her heart was that she could not have a child. And there's an insight there for revival in the Bay Area that you all need to get. That God never deprived her of children for misery or pain or torture or cruelty. But to deepen her desire to have a child. If you look at the thing in your ministry or in your life that frustrates you the most. It is in an area where God has had a systematic design predetermined deprivation. He kept something from you to deepen your passion for it till it becomes an obsession, a divine obsession. Why is that important? In the moment that Hannah went to the temple and prayed, she reached a state of grief that is a prerequisite in my heart for all revival intercession. When a man of God asked me, why don't we have revival, I said, I think predominantly because we can't live, we can live without it. When I met Bill Johnson, and I looked in his eyes, I knew he was going to see the glory of God. Because if he didn't, he would die. I knew he was going to see it, because he had reached a point where he couldn't live without it. Hannah was pouring out her heart to the Lord. How many of you have ever done that? Raise your hand right now. How many of you have ever in the heat of your spirit and in the passion of your soul just let the Holy Ghost practically turn you inside out? I said, Lord, what does deep call unto deep mean? Water spout? All that, what is a water spout? I found out it was a phenomenon in nature that's absolutely astonishing. It's when the water in the sky connects with the water in the ocean. And it creates literally a column of water that is beyond a tornado. It's beyond anything we can imagine. It's, it's this massive union of the moisture in the air and the moisture in the ocean. And that's when it, that's when it hit me. Hannah began to cry out to God. I need a child. <laughs> Till the Bible says she couldn't even speak anymore. She just began to groan. Until the prophet, Eli, the priest Eli, thought she was drunk. Let's talk about being drunk for a minute. A lot of people would say, well, your mannerisms will scare people off. You're on the floor and you're writhing and you're you over here and you're making these glorious revival sounds. And uh, conventional wisdom says that that is not, that's not in the church growth manual. Okay, that's not in there. It's the valet parking, it's the Starbucks coffee, it's... The three-alarm youth pastor, but but bear with me. Was she was Hannah in the spirit? Yeah. No, I need an amen from you. Yeah. I'm one of those kind of evangelists. I'm sorry. How many, how many of you believe that Hannah was in the spirit, yeah. and the man of God thought she was drunk? Yeah. Nothing wrong with her. The problem was his radar. Yeah. It, Every one of you that have an FM radio in your car have what's called a tuner. It's an amazing device because it seeks a frequency. And when the frequency that your car is emitting connects with the frequency of a radio station, you get clear sound. It's an amazing device. It really is. But it mirrors what goes on in the Holy Spirit. You see over there in the rampart of heaven was a broken hearted God. We don't know the value of this moment in history that Israel had lost the Ten Commandments it had entered the age of the judges. And the Bible gives us a chilling fact that in Judges 2.10 it says there arose another generation that knew not God, neither the things that he had done for Israel. Israel, having come out of Egypt, under the leadership of Moses, then under the leadership of Joshua, and Joshua dies, and in one generation they lost God in their nation. And then people wonder why I'm burdened for America. And it said they didn't know God, and they had no history. You see, like modern education is redacting the role of revival in the creation of America. The Bible and prayer and revival are core timber in the American history. They are who we are. But it's been erased. Now watch. God is on the move. God's always on the move. Help me somebody. God has always got a plan. And she reached a frequency of grief. Where she said, I need a child. And it matched the frequency of heaven. Where the heart of God leaned over the ramparts and said, I need a prophet. Deep cried unto deep. We don't need to convince God to love the Bay Area. That was your, I wasn't showing you my ear. That's my signal for an amen right here. I'll try not to use it abusively. God does not need to be sold on the pain and agony on the streets of San Francisco. When we went there, we found out there were nearly 2,000 children that were involved in prostitution and in the sex trade. We went there, we saw, and we know how God weeps over that city. But what we don't understand is that God does not look at people according to the outward appearance. They may be a billionaire or homeless man down at Union Square, but God grieves over their heart and their pain and their lack. You know, I really realize that when you're without Christ, You may be wealthy and well-dressed, but all that makes you is a better-looking corpse than the guy who's on drugs. I need a child. And then she heard God say, I need a prophet. She kept saying it. And deep called unto deep, and a water spout was formed between heaven and earth. And she figured it out. She said, if you will give your handmaiden a child, I will, even predicted his gender, I will offer him to the Lord. And the agreement and the covenant was made. If you are an Orthodox Jew, you realize that Our George Washington is their Moses. But our Abraham Lincoln is their Samuel. Samuel took Israel out of darkness and brought her back to God. This woman was so instrumental in the restoration of the law of God. There would have been no King David without a Samuel. And that's where I was, up in my room, deep, crying under deep. And I had to begin, and I really believe that God sees through all of our lies. Help me, somebody. I believe God sees through all of our falsehood. And I told God, I'm angry, I'm tired, and I'm frustrated. Because you cannot move in the Bay Area can't do it. I say, God, I'm I'm telling you, there is, this is, there's something in the water. There's something (laughs) in the DNA of this place that the normal natural conviction uh, for the things of God is just not here. And I want out. And that's the way it is. And I, and you know what the Bible talks about and uses the word complaint very often in the Psalms. I poured out my complaint to God. And I told God, I've been insulted, humiliated, rejected. I've been chewed up, spit out. And I am tired and I'm done and I don't think you can do anything. And, a, and then the Lord spoke to me. He said, Mario... My son, I'm quoting him, Mario, my son, I'm going to pour out my spirit on the San Francisco Bay Area. I'm waiting on you right now. And then came the, came the part that will live with me forever. And the whole world will look and wonder. Give God the glory. Give God the glory. We gotta give God the glory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. By the way, would every one of you please smile just for a moment. Would you smile? I have a way I like people to greet each other in church. And I haven't done it tonight. I just like the way this affects people. Look at somebody beside you right now and say, you must be a genius. (laughs) He said, you decided to sit next to me. You must be a genius. Tell him because this is the most anointed seat in the whole church right here. There's more glory and more presence of God here than you gotta be a genius. I just love the way that affects people. When God said that to me, I was even angrier than I was before. (laughs) And I told him why. I know how you work. You give a man a problem, a, a promise, and then you create a crisis where that particular promise is uniquely impossible. You tell... Noah to build a boat in a drought. You tell Abraham, whose wife is barren, that she's going to have a child. I said, you give a promise and then you create a problem. And I am done with that. And I said, I have been this charismatic guinea pig long enough. You know, and I said, unless you confirm it supernaturally right now, I'm going to reject this promise. And my phone started ringing right next to me. And I didn't answer it (laughs) because I knew that Jesus was on the phone. You know, I stared at it. What I tell you next is going to be a commentary on your generation. Whichever part of generation you're part of. I'm a baby boomer, so for those of you that are, I picked up the phone. And the voice was very familiar to me. And he said, "Is this Mario Marillo?" Now, before I go any further, I had an associate named Alan who did impersonations, very powerful ones, (laughs) and he loved to prank me on the phone. You know, sometime it was uh, Sean Connery would call me on the phone. (laughs) And this person said, is this Mario Morello? I said, yeah, it is. He said, this is Bob Dylan. And I go, Alan, this is a really bad time. (laughs) He says, Alan, who's Alan? He said, Mara, this really is Bob Dylan. I've been born again. And, you know, my eyes, I start staring at the wall the way a raccoon stares at truck headlights. (laughs) And the next thing he says to me is, I'm going to open my first Christian concert. I've done a Christian album called Slow Train Coming. And I'm going to debut my, my concert tour in downtown San Francisco at the Warfield Theater. This was back in the day. And, and he says, I, my pastor, I asked him if he knew of a man of God that could pray backstage and keep demons off of me. And he gave me your name and this number. And so I told him how much his music meant to me. And I, I'd, be, I'd be thrilled to come there. And he said, I'm going to leave two tickets at will call. And then we chatted a little bit longer, and then we, he almost hung up, and he said, wait a minute. He said, Mario, he said, did God tell you he was going to pour out his spirit on the San Francisco area? <laughs> I said, recently. <laughs> The next phrase is going to echo through eternity because Bob Dylan said, well, Mario, he is going to do it. And that anchored me to this area. I didn't move, didn't join Amway, nothing against (laughs) him. And what you saw on film in the Cow Palace was the direct result of living that prophetic word. Somebody give God the glory. It's easy when you tell a story to take too long in a pulpit. So I want to be very judicious with with your time, really. Something's coming to the Bay Area. It's inevitable. It's overpowering. And I believe... That of the few things left for the devil to do, he lives in dread of that event. Because the game-changing possibilities of an awakening in the Bay Area are these. It would redefine what a Christian is to America. There could be no greater obliteration of stereotypes than what God would do here. Now let me me talk to you for a moment about one element of that. We live where 74% of all the computer technology of the world is generated. We have two of the most leading universities in the world, Stanford and UC Berkeley. This has been the cutting edge forever. While it may be marketed in L.A., it's usually invented here. There's no further to look than one experience I had that all of you will uh, find hilarious that are of a certain generation. I used to street preach while I was in high school in the Haight-Ashbury. And I had a little pig nose amp and a microphone that predated Radio Shack. How I didn't get electrocuted with that thing is, uh, is proof of the power of God right there. But at the end uh, of Golden Gate Park, there's a little patch of grass that that which you really have to qualify. Uh, it's a lawn, not marijuana. And uh, <laughs> and and I'm standing there preaching to this audience one day when this unbelievable noise started behind me. And I was preaching in front of a concert that had three bands playing. It was Janis Joplin with Big Brother and the Holding Company. The other was Jerry Garcia and the Grateful Dead. And and the third was uh, Jefferson Airplane. And they were all playing. And I'm thinking this is the most hideous racket I've ever heard in my life. And I'm trying to preach. My history and the scenes and the episodes and the supernatural interventions of God that I've seen have kept me here. I'm anchored by the prophetic. And I believe that deep is about to cry unto deep. Somebody give God the glory. You believe that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to give you a part two, because I've finished part one. Commercial free, by the way. <laughs> and part two is to explain to you how God will do this. How it's going to happen. Pastor Brent has been entirely lavish in his uh, praise and and honoring me today. But from my perspective... I don't know that I've ever met a man who allowed God to deal with him on such basic and real levels as this man is allowing God to deal with him. And it really is amazing. Come on. Yeah. It is uh, reminiscent of what Jesus said about Nathanael. Behold an Israelite in whom there is no guile. I don't know that I've ever seen a man, and I've known some very great men, where the Lord has so completely removed his private opinion on virtually every matter. He, he really has no bias that I'm aware of, except that he wants God to do something in this area. And uh, it, it's convicting, and I love it. And uh, boy, what a woman of God the Lord has blessed him with, huh? Wow. Wow. Area ignition. See, your pastor asked me a question over lunch. He asked me, how do you think this thing might happen in the Bay Area? So I began to talk to him a little bit about the day of Pentecost. But then I went back and I prayed, and this is what I get for you. Area ignition is a forestry term referring to something that happens to a wildfire. It is the ignition of several individual fires throughout an area, either simultaneously or in rapid succession, and so spaced that they add and influence the main body of the fire and produce a hot, fast-spreading fire condition when fires begin to feed on each other. Area ignition happens because the fire is so intense that elements inside of the plant that would not normally come out that are the most flammable form a cloud over the fire. And the air... Actually begins to burn the irony of it is is one of the most famous air ignition events happened in Santa Maria, California, where our brother, who was mentioned eminently that was here to minister, who is from Santa Maria, and it led me to understand that there is an inescapable progression. Of things going on. Your pastor and I did not meet by accident. This night did not happen by accident. And I want to talk to you a moment about how about air ignition. I want to repeat something. One, when several fires unite with the main fire simultaneously and produce a hot, fast spreading condition where even the air catches on fire. It happens when fires come together. Now just as deep cries on the deep, fire connects with fire. Fire is not nearly as universal as you think. It has elements. There's a fire here. There's a fire in Reading. There's a fire going on in Manteca. There's a fire going on in the hearts of people. Elements of each flame... Are missing in the other fire. Because God in his wisdom. Has not allowed any movement to have all the components. Somebody say amen. Of all the things that's going to mark this man's future. And his ministry. Let me tell you what it is. You need to understand this. Because he's your pastor. And you're not going to be able to, uh, to understand where he's coming from. Until you get this. And I got it. He is convinced that God's going to use him to bring flames together. To bring fires together. Until the Bay Area will be engulfed in a ring of fire and airy ignition. Somebody give God the glory. Give God the glory. Glory. Why do third world countries see the dead raised and we don't? We have all kinds of theories. We have all sorts of analysis that's gone on. I believe it's simple. It's not that they have simple childlike faith, because I've met many Christians in America, they have great faith. Simple childlike faith. It's that they literally are desperate. They are desperate. We have outs. You know, many of you know that my wife and I were divorced. And after 14 years, think about that. The Lord restored our marriage completely by the power of God. That's right. We've been back together over seven years now. And it's heaven on earth. And I'll tell you what, we went out and I could tell you the the, the amazing Truth of how it all happened, but that's for another evening, and this is how I get invited back to places. (laughs) So the next time I'm with you, I'll tell you about that. No, the point is that she and I had lost complete touch with each other. And one morning, the Lord woke me up and said, I want you to pray one hour a day for Michelle for the next month. I said, Lord, really? Really? But now we push the, the button to reverse the tape and we get to the part where I was desperate again. I'd seen a great miracle in the cow palace. But when it didn't become a general area ignition, it was one of the most shocking events of my life. When I didn't see the church look at this and say, well, that was Mario's thing, instead of saying, it doesn't matter how it happened. We got 2,000 people in the kingdom of God in one day. That's an amazing event. And, and not all of them reacted that way, but the pull and the, the tractor beam of tradition and r- routine was more powerful than I understood. And, and so I was again in a vacuum. And I told the Lord, I'll do anything. And I remember, I'll do anything. And the Lord said, anything. And I go, almost anything. Pretty much. <laughs> then he said, okay, here it is. You get on your face for 60 minutes and intercede every day for a month for Michelle. What shocked me is when he said, Your wife, Michelle. And I began to pray for a month. And when we were restored, I remember we went out to dinner together. And there was no rancor. There was no anger. There was not even a discussion of, you know, why did you do this? Why did I do that? No blame, nothing. We just sat there and realized that we were under the sovereign hand of God and that God was having unspeakable mercy on us. And, I, you know, if we had dinner that night, now we were restored, we were dating, we didn't immediately remarry, We, but I didn't wait. I waited maybe three months. And, and let me tell you, we both agreed to wait three months. It wasn't my decision. We sat there with my son who had not seen us together since he was three years old. And he's having dinner in our kitchen, and he's looking at his mom and looking at his dad. Trying to take in what he is watching. We have got to understand and not be afraid of desperation. We can't be afraid of it. We can't act like, well, you know what? If that ever hits us, that would really be a creepy Christian experience when there's nothing more natural. Air ignition is when the heat of the fire gets so hot that it pulls elements out of the the tree or the plant that never come out in a fire. And it creates fuel that is a higher grade of fuel. When the fire of God, see, I couldn't believe you guys were all called blazing fire. You know, how contrived can this sermon seem, you know? But I, I don't have that kind of a gift. But I sat there and I thought to myself, the heat of the flame will bring elements out of the fuel that make it more explosive than it would normally be. And what's, this is what is gone on in the body of Christ in the Bay Area. We've had degrees of desperation, but the fire has never been permitted to get hot enough to take out of our character the things that are the most combustible, that would cause ignition. And that's what's coming next, folks. That's what's coming next. Somebody give God the glory. You believe that? So I want to welcome you to my misery. Amen. (laughs) I want to enroll you in my burden. And I want to addict you to my imprisonment and hope. There are elements that you need to understand that are ripe for this. And another final aspect of area ignition. When God called me to Berkeley to spend 10 years with the most intellectual students on the face of the earth, I thought I had done, committed some unpardonable sin. <laughs> and that this was my uh, Protestant purgatory is what it was. That was deep right there. That was, that was deep. <laughs> And so, given the moment that I was in and living in and breathing in, the Holy Spirit made me have to preach to these students. And I would stand there and have to dig in the Word and speak to these amazing minds. One day, the Holy Spirit took me to a a primer on anthropology because it was a revolution going on in education to erase god which is now gone into on steroids and this this thing written by Margaret Mead and her famous treatise that is now like the bible for many atheists where she's talking about That religion is collective effervescence, which makes us basically a soda. That's, you know, we're a Pepsi light. Collective effervescence. Some of you might remember it from school. Sitting and saying that these savages before a campfire would feel these groovy vibes. And that's where the collective effervescence, everyone feeling it. Then she went on to state that basically it would be racially rooted, ethnically limited, and that each culture would have its own unique and demonstrative experience with collective effervescence. So I had to speak at Stanford University. And the Lord said, your subject will be Margaret Mead and anthropology and why it's wrong. So I'm going to go to Stanford University and tell them that Margaret Mead is wrong. You know, I told God, you know, I might as well spit into the wind, pull on Superman's cape, And take the mask out of old Lone Ranger. That's exactly right. And I went there and stood there. And I said, my evidence is undeniable. I started that way. Because that's how you have to talk to them. This is absolutely QED right here. It's done. Put in the fork. It's a fact. I said, every race on earth was there on the day of Pentecost. And the 120 had no practical knowledge of any of these cultures. They couldn't speak in their language. The church of Jesus Christ was not born by a group of savages in front of a campfire. It was born on a day when every imaginable culture was represented in Jerusalem. And when their minds, and this is very important, and their minds were not desperate. This is the this is the lie. This is the sacred cow of of intellectuals. And don't tell me here. Don't tell me that you don't understand this next part, because I'm going to tell you for a fact. The day of Pentecost proves so much. Every race under heaven, every language under heaven, and 120 people. That were the remnant of an original 500 who for 40 days waited for what? Area ignition. And the fire appeared over their head and immediately went out. Someone asked me, what is area ignition? It's when what you feel while you're laying here becomes the general atmosphere outside these walls. Somebody help me right now. Hallelujah. I'm talking people's outbreaking in weeping at Stone Ridge Mall. I'm telling you, there's no defense against this. So I went on and I told the Stanford University students, I said, look, they were from every race under heaven. The 120 didn't know their language. And here's the most important part. This is what's holding us back. It is the very veritable happiness of this region itself. When you look at the Sunday paper and realize that you can hear Smokey Robinson at a vineyard over here you can go skiing in the mountains. You can go to San Francisco to the American Conservatory Theater. You can do this. You can do that. This is an absolute planet of entertainment and diversion. This is where we worship more. We make the Greeks blush with our Epicurean delights. We have a Mars Hill that is beyond a Mars Hill. We have an... We, San Francisco has the single highest ratio of college-educated workforce in the world. They're not desperate behind Ruby Hill. They're not desperate at Blackhawk. They're not drug addicts and gangbangers on the verge of suicide, who a gospel message by the fact. But who made up that rule? Who made up that prerequisite for revival? Who said that there has to be some astounding reversal of our lifestyle and our or a person's life? I began to realize that on the day of Pentecost, these men were not desperate. They were not ready to receive God. They were not pre-wired to be converted to Christ based on some trauma in their life. Now, I don't want to diminish anyone's testimony. If you were saved off of drugs and alcohol, I celebrate that. And don't you dare think for a moment. The majority of the people I've won to the Lord, those are my people. That's my crowd. And I understand that. But I'm telling you that we have got to get rid of this idea that there is some force field that keeps people in the East Bay from being susceptible to God. When the Holy Ghost falls, He brings His own atmosphere of desperation. Oh yeah, here we go. When the Holy Ghost falls, He brings His own atmosphere of desperation. And thousands and thousands of men have had all of their, their protection departed. God has removed their immunity to righteousness. God has brought the house lights up. And what looked like to be ultimate truth was nothing but a stage prop. And God ripped that veil of quote unquote reality. And those men stood there listening. And imagine this. What happened to them when they began to speak the word of the Lord. What you and I consider tongues. It is in the same ecstatic state that you get into when you pray in tongues, except it was in a known language. And then it met its target, each and every target. Not in 10,000 years with every computer out of Silicon Valley available, could we have come up with a message or go to language school and figure out everybody's need in a crowd And hope to do this. Not in 10,000 years. And God did it in an instant. Somebody give God the glory. And I have every reason to believe that God not only used their language, but their figures of speech and colloquialisms. And doubtless referred to things so intimately a part of their life. That they stood there helpless before the supernatural power of God. They stand there knowing, you have just read my mail. Telling me about how good God is. How much he loves me. And how empty. And you know what? I'm going to tell you what I said over lunch to your pastors. I said, you know, the thing about New Age... Like so much Asian food, after one hour you're going to be starved to death. But how uh, maybe you still love me now. Now that was, my, that was my one test. I'm done. Now, the yoga, the new age, the macrame and the brown rice in the Grecian urge, the dream catchers, the meditation, the third eye, all of it. The Tibetan Book of the Dead, the 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 Eightfold Path of Enlightenment, of Buddhism and Zen. What, what all of that does is it touches people deeply. It touches them deeply. But as Nebuchadnezzar found out one night, who had all of those in his time. See, people look at Nebuchadnezzar, and with this I'm done, by the way. I'm not here to set a record in Guinness Book of Records for how long one man could preach in the city of Livermore. But folks, look at me. Nebuchadnezzar could not be made desperate. The the wall in his bedroom was solid hewn stone, nearly eighteen inches thick. the The greatest fighting men in history were his personal bodyguards. You think you know how to party? You know, Bay Area people. We think we're like the 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 end of it all, man. I'm I'm up in Tahoe. I'm in the wine country. I'm over here. I'm this. I'm that. We're just delighted. We don't know how to party in the Bay Area. Nebuchadnezzar had parties that lasted two years. (laughs) How many of you know John Madden can't party for two years? And one historian tells us that he released a vintage wine almost every night. That had never been tasted before. Two years That's like 700 vintages. And he had an RSVP that was highly irresistible. Come to my party or I destroy your country. (laughs) But no matter who you are, eventually, whether you're even Bill Gates or anyone else, you have to go to bed. And he went to bed and God gave him a personal nightmare. Now, look at me. How many of you believe that if God wanted to, he could scare you Because he knows you, he knows your phobias, he knows your he knows it all, and I don't know what it was about statues and gold and bronze and clay that was so psychotic to Nebuchadnezzar, but it was and the Bible tells us that his his hip joints. Loosen and his knees knocked together. And he could see through his eyelids. Which meant he couldn't sleep. Sleep left him. And the rules change. Because a deeper level of desperation. A deeper level of desperation. You see all of the cultural ingredients for staying away from God are in the Bay Area. But it's because... The depth hasn't been touched yet. And some of you that are here that were in new age will remember this. The day the Lord closed your third eye and you were baptized in the Holy Ghost. And you know what you felt? Something touched you and connected to the uttermost core of your being where all the other spiritual experiences were on outer layers. nothing did that nothing had ever made Nebuchadnezzar afraid he wakes up the next morning and he calls everyone first one he called was Dion Warwick over there at the psychic hotline how many of you heard that they went bankrupt did you you'd have thought they'd have seen it coming okay I'm done that's all that's The Bible tells us soothsayers, Chaldeans, tea readers, all of the individuals that had anything to do with mysticism are back. And there they are. Look me right in the eye for a moment. He changes the rule. Well, tell us what you dreamed. No, it doesn't work that way anymore. It used to work that way. It doesn't work that way anymore. Now I need you to tell me what I dream, so that I can be absolutely sure that your interpretation of my dream, this is not about finances or love life or bad moods or a bad moon rising. This is about my eternal soul. And something is disturbing me. Now I want to link that to the day of Pentecost where the Spirit of God fell and airy ignition was achieved. All of the false... Armor against God in his preaching went away. And they were rendered helpless. That's what I believe God is telling us to contend for in this region. That is what I believe should be our obsession and our calling and our belief. And I believe that tonight would not have been possible unless this man took a gigantic step of faith to call me. Now, I want to see the glory of God. Anybody else? Yeah. I maybe you want to see the glory of God I maybe you want to see the glory of God. I want to see the glory of God. <laughs> <laughs> Remain standing, and if you're, if you're seated, I'm not going to command you, but I'm going to ask you if you might stand. Of all the things that make me feel unworthy, aside from my salvation, nothing does it to me like when the power of God begins to move in a meeting. And over here is a woman that I can tell you that in your skin... You have a nervous condition that is causing your skin to break out. You also have a pain in your abdomen. It's been very terrible to live with this pain. And the Lord is healing you instantly, powerfully. There's another woman over here. Look at me. At night, you grind your teeth, and that has affected your jaw. You have chronic migraine headaches. And this has been terrible because it's affected your jaw, your sleep. You also, your heart does race. And God is healing you. It's as real as anything I've ever heard in any meeting. Mara, what do I do? I'll tell you what you do. You just get ready because the mercy and grace of God is going to intervene. I'm looking over here and I'm going to tell you for a fact. I don't know if it was in combat, law enforcement, or just in a regular life, but you have, without a doubt, all of the symptoms of someone of post traumatic distress syndrome. You have violent attacks in your emotions. It's a man. The Lord is healing you, and that's not going to return. It's not going to return. Glory to God. How many of you feel His presence? How many of you feel His presence just rising? Whatever we saw in that video, I give all the glory to God. I, I, my part in that is simply there's a messenger boy to say what the Lord gives me, and I give Him all the glory. My dear, if you look at me right here in in all black, lovely lady right there, would you let the Lord heal your body right now? Just let him touch you. I'm going to ask my sister in the Lord right there on this side, touch her. Sir, on the other side, touch her. This is happening in your bones right now. Your bones are moving back into place while you're standing there. It's affecting one of your legs. And your spine. And your shoulder. And your neck. It's been terrible. You've been trying. They've been trying to balance your, your hips. It's happening right before your eyes right now. And we give you glory. We give you honor. And we give you praise. Now, would you right now, wherever you are and whoever you are, say, Jesus, use me. Say, Jesus, use me. Put your hands out like that. Those hands do not belong to you anymore. Those hands are the property of Jesus Christ. And healing virtue is going to come through those hands. I rebuke diabetes. And heart disease. I rebuke diabetes and heart disease. Si on door. Bere que esto borría. Talalebo What I'm saying is that God is healing your body right now. There it goes. It's going in your forehead. Going in your neck. In your spine. Healing virtue. Raise your hands everyone. Pray in the language of the Holy Spirit. Don't be aware or afraid if God gives you a new tongue one you've never spoken in before because His power is accelerating. Deep is crying out to deep. I rebuke arthritis in the name of Jesus right now. I rebuke arthritis in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Wonderful healings are falling all over this audience. I'm going to start describing them. And I know you don't need to stop praising God because I know you can hear me. A man to my left ringing in the ear and insomnia. Your ear rings. You cannot sleep. You're being healed right now. Heart disease is being healed. A woman with arthritis in her hand. Her hand is being healed right now. And the pain is vanishing. She can even rub. Move your fingers. And you'll see the gnarliness. Has given way to something new and supernatural. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you all the praise Lord. We magnify. Now I'm, I'm going to say this. Lord let Your fire fall on this audience right now. Let your fire fall. To remove every fear. Every doubt. Every ounce of confusion. And bring the anointing Lord. The anointing of the Holy Ghost. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the name that is above every name. I thank you. That fire Fire, fire, fire from the Holy Spirit. Fire from the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. I believe that chains are breaking. I believe that strongholds are being destroyed. Glory to God. Glory to God. There's no doubt that this power of the devil is being broken right now. It's going outside of these walls, folks. This is going to turn into something regional. Glory to God. 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 Amazing. 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 There he is no doubt in my mind that God is creating signs and wonders in this room. There's no doubt in my mind. I'm going to give you a word of knowledge that I'm receiving from the Holy Spirit and I want to give him the glory for this. You have a son, young son in school. Can't sit still. The teachers want him drugged. The mother is heart sick that the child can't stay in, his, in the school. Power from God is coming on that child. I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Spirit says your son is intelligent. He says that they don't know how to handle his learning style. And he's frustrated because he can't communicate it. But it's like when Jesus spoke to the storm at sea and it stopped. You're to lay hands on your son in that storm in his heart, which is emotional, not intellectual. There's no brain damage, neurological disorder. It's something in his emotions. He's going to calm down in Jesus' name. I feel it. I know that word is from the Lord. Look. Close your eyes, everyone, please. And You know, I believe in noise. I do. I believe in noise. I I love to shout and run and jump and fall on the floor. I like it all. Right now, the Lord's trying to get words into people. I rebuke cancer in the name of Jesus right now. I rebuke cancer right now. And that cancer is leaving your body. That disease is coming under the authority of the cross and the resurrection of Christ. The literal authority of Jesus is being manifested in that disease. If you are here and you need a miracle in your body and I'm waiting on God and the thing I love. I got to tell you how much I love the way you, you this family is because I feel no pressure to To interrupt the spirit, but I am aware of the time. believe me and it in at nine o'clock we're going to do exactly what the pastor said. All of you that are here that need healing in your body, listen to me. The Lord is healing someone of neuropathy in their feet, terrible pain. God is healing a man with c o p d You've had bronchitis several times in your life and now your lungs are constricted. But you're taking a deep breath and your lungs have opened up. God is healing a woman with panic attacks. You have also not only panic attacks but multiple allergies. These allergies affect your food. It affects what you eat. It affects your breathing. It can cause swelling that will damage your your ability to move normally and and your eyesight the holy spirit is moving this one is so wonderful that i just want to take a moment and savor this miracle you're in a you're in a car accident and that accident damaged your neck and the side of your skull You've been in constant pain. No matter what they've done or how much treatment you've received, the pain has not gone away. This will be your first pain-free night in years. This will be it. We give you honor. We give you glory. We give you honor and we give you glory and we give you praise. Glory to God. Glory to God. All of you in the middle section, look at me. I need one of the women that are there to obey the word of the Lord. You have a disorder in your abdomen and in your forehead. No doubt about it. In a moment, I'm going to get the details of that. But what you need to do is put your hand on your stomach and put another hand on your forehead so that that will leave you. Do it now, please. Just take a moment and don't be afraid. Whoever you are, and you'll know... And don't worry, people say, well, Mario, what, ha- what happened? Listen, he- he's here. The devil is such a liar. And a- so go ahead, listen, oftentimes I'll wait and be a gentleman, but then I'll come get you. So put your hand on your forehead, your stomach, you'll be healed in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Everybody raise your hands right now. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we glorify you. Lord, we bless you and we praise you. We thank you, Lord, that you, oh God, are doing a supernatural thing in this house. Now, everyone in the place, if you need healing in your body, put your hand in the air. If you see anyone with a hand in the air, touch them on the shoulder. Touch them on the shoulder. Glory to God in the highest. (laughs) This, this This is very powerful right now. My brother, would you help me? I'm going to ask you to do this. Put your hand right on your forehead. Put your other hand on your stomach. Now you see, you're that wonderful daughter of God that didn't realize how much God loved her but you're the one that had those illnesses and they're gone right now in Jesus' name. Somebody clap. Some of you. Glory to God. There it flows. I need an usher over here because I'm telling you, one of the most creative healing miracles I've seen is happening. I need an usher to come over here. Quiero saber también si tenemos ellos que pueden hablar español en la casa. Sí. Es muy importante. But, ¿a dónde? Sí. No, I'll tell you why in a moment. ¿Se puede hablar español? El Señor me dijo que se va a tener un milagro en su cuerpo. Pone su mano aquí, por favor. In su sangre in su cuerpo se tiene un milagro. Es importante. Muy importante. Now I'm gonna do something very unusual. I want you to just take a moment, everyone, and be seated, but not you <laughs> and and just stay with me a moment. I know the Holy Ghost is all over you. Everybody look at me a moment. This is an unbelievable miracle from God that you've received. And I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to minister to this woman in just a moment, but I I just didn't know it was going to get this free, okay? Eight different places in your body of being healed by the power of God. Eight of them. Take your hand put it over your eye. That eye is being healed right now. I'm telling you, there's so much power in this room that I wish I had a week with you folks. But there is power. Now, your eyes, teeth, bones. Lower right side of your uh, back. Your feet, stomach, Lungs. All eight of these things are being healed right now. Somebody give God the glory. Give all the glory to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. My dear, I wonder if you would step out for a moment. I want all of you to know we are only minutes away from 9 o'clock, and I'm going to be very careful because, you know, the the Holy Spirit's very flexible. We don't want to... Put him in a box and, and what well, we want to be sensitive to the practice. My dear, if I could talk to you and tell you that Satan has tried to kill you. That the devil told you you were going to die and he lied. He lied because you're not only, you're not going to die. God is healing your body right now. Something that is inherited in your family. There's a history of this. And it's leaving you right now. It's leaving you right now in the name of Jesus. It's in your heart and in your blood. And you're being healed. Your bones, blood, pancreas. I rebuke diabetes in the name of Jesus right now. I command diabetes to leave this body. And for her eyesight and her heart and her blood circulation to her feet to be totally healed by the power of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Thank you, Jesus, for this miracle power. Somebody give God the glory. Give God the glory. It's real. No man will be glorified, only Jesus. How many of you have fallen in love with Jesus even more? God, we give you the glory. I got I to gotta tell you, I got to get back up here where it's safe. <laughs> Father, for every healing, every miracle, everything that you've done, we give you the honor and the glory and the praise. I've got to say this very quickly, and I'm looking at the clock because, again, it, yes, yes, and I want to tell you at 9 o'clock, go get your kids. Yeah. <laughs> and, and some of them are going to be healed. There's a young boy that God is healing of asthma in, on this property right now. And I, I just think it's wonderful. There are so many words coming at one time that I feel a glut. And I've got to be very sensitive to God because I'm a human being. I'm looking all the way toward the back. There's a lovely lady wearing glasses with blonde hair right over there. And now the one right beside you. Yeah, the one that's doing this. Would you, dear, however, understand you also are being healed? Both of you. But I need you, dear, to take your left hand. The one on this side, that's the other lady. The other left hand. On the, <laughs> You know, I'm going to ask both of you to stand. Forgive me for seeming to be disorganized. I'm going to ask this beautiful lady to take her left hand, raise it up to heaven. Yeah. No? This lady right there, take your left hand, put it on her spine. And I want to talk to you about your spine. The thing that angers you is not the pain, but the weakness. And you want your strength back. It's been limiting to your life, it's been a horrible reality. For over 15 years and the Holy Spirit spoke to me so gently to tell you that he is moving vertebrae in your spine right now look at that there, there it goes somebody better uh, you know And and don't pull on her neck too, too hard because that's the next part that's being healed. Headaches, jaw pain, numbness in one of your legs. All correct, all accurate, all true. Wave your hand at the people so they'll know. You and I, we didn't go over to Pete's Coffee and set this up. Notice I didn't mention Starbucks. <laughs> Peach came out of Berkeley and I've been biased ever since. But dear, I want to talk to you for a moment about your healing. As wonderful as the recreation. there If you go to doctors, they're going to tell you that there's actually in your bones a softness. That there is a pliableness that's causing part of your problem. God is Ordering the core strength of your bones back into place. Now, your hands, wrists. <laughs> God is healing your hands and your wrist, healing your neck, something that bulges. How many of you love it when Jesus does this? No, no, how many of you love it when Jesus does this? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! glory all honor all attention fixed on the son of god on jesus and here's a word from the lord go get your kids but everybody else look i looked at the tv guide everything on tonight was stupid you're not missing a thing how many of you know you're not missing a thing Oh, just put your hands in the air and begin to pray in the language of the Holy Spirit as God's glory and His power and His fire begin to descend on this crowd. And God begins to heal ulcers, esophagus, spot that they found on your lung, a twitching on the side of your face that seems to be the precursor to a stroke. You're being healed right now. We give all honor. We give all glory. We give all praise. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your goodness and your grace. We thank you, Lord, that you love to heal us. That you love to shower your blessings on us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that in a time of darkness and pain, division, terrorist attacks, economic reversals that we can have a joy and a peace that it it transcends all of it you are so wonderful oh god you are such a wonder and a blessing we thank you we glorify you we glorify you lord jesus My dear, over here, you have your hands up. I'm looking around. You know, sometimes I forget to take the mic with me. Right there. I'm not going to scare you. I promise you. Yes, dear, would you stand up? I didn't. Your hands were not up. That's not why I'm talking. You know who I am. You know me. Probably. Does your first name start with a J? Yeah. Is it Joyce? Yeah. Yes, I know who you are, Joyce. I remember you had the upstairs apartment in Berkeley. Your hands are being healed. It's a miracle from the hand of God. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Boy, this is a miracle from the hand of God. Blood, hands, both. Does anybody feel the presence of the Lord? Is it just... Am I making this up? Glory to God. Glory to God. Joyce, it is so good to see you again. Mario used to live in a little shed in the And you were studying entomology at UC Berkeley. <laughs> I know I still am. And uh, <laughs> Yeah. i right. I work for Alameda County collecting ticks for them. Isn't that fun? And I remember you were working with aphids when I knew you. <laughs> it's all it's all Funny, huh?
0: good to see you. Mario. Good to
1: see you. You're being healed right now. And I thank you, Lord. Somebody give God the glory. Yeah, there's no way I'm going to forget you two. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. Oh, yeah. This is, uh, this is Resurrection City right here, this whole row. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. There's no doubt in my mind that it, the Lord has been faithful to keep his word. No doubt. Would you help me, dear? <laughs> it's good to see you. I wonder, I wonder if you'd take your, your uh, right hand. There you go. and Touch her on the forehead. Would you let her pray for you? That's a miracle from the hand of God. It's moving all over this room and I want to, I don't, I don't think any of you know this yet, but I really believe that the, the word of the Lord, that tonight what God said to your pastor is absolutely true. This is the beginning of something right here. This is absolutely the beginning. There's going to be a lot of miracles start to happen all over the place. And it'll have nothing whatsoever to do with me. And you don't know how grateful I am for that part. (laughs) It'll be all about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Be healed in the name of Jesus. I rebuke panic attacks. I rebuke stress and anxiety that has caused abdominal pain, grinding of the teeth, Breathing problems. All of you that know that, that f- fight those symptoms I just described, stand up right now. Wherever you are in this room, get up right now. Get up. Now here's what God's going to do. One of, you, one of you is a lady with a, a place in your house where you store Christmas decorations. And your hands need to be healed. And what's bothering you is that you have not decorated your house the last several years. Because of this agony in your hands. And God's requiring you this year to decorate your house. What a bizarre word, okay? All that with no medical uh, side effects. Amen. I love this. I love this. A woman with hands that are constantly in pain has Christmas decorations in stored away that she has not put in her house and she actually can create ornaments. She works with her hands. That's a word right there. This is your year where God's requiring of you to decorate your whole house and put up lights and everything. Now, folks... I don't get that one. But I'm not going to deal with it. I'm going to let God deal with it. All of you put your hand over your heart. You, sir, are receiving one of the greatest miracles in this room right now. Because God is literally taking a traumatic memory and erasing all its effects on you. Every last shred of it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. That God, that shock and, and that trauma is gone it's gone you'll look at it from this point on as almost as if it happened to someone else Jesus I thank you glory to God I'm trying to stop folks but I've got to ask you to stand for a moment dear and you're being healed you're being healed in your body and your health is being restored First of all, chronic diseases that come on you every year, they're going to stop happening because God is healing you. It's a miracle. Your bones are being healed in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Something about the way you're walking, you're being healed in Jesus' name, and you're going to be able to literally run up and down stairs. Is anybody here tonight? Anybody? Glory to God. Your blood is being healed. Bones, joints, feet, balance, ears. It just keeps going. And we give Him all the glory. Now, take this hand. Place it on her back. And look at me, dear. There is a promotion That's being impeded and God's breaking, breaking down walls right now. You're going to a new level. Going to a new level. Now, second, there's a miracle happening in your family. Your whole family. There, there's a division that's going to be healed by the power of God in your family. And that is caused illness in your body just the fretting and the worrying over that and you're healed in jesus name i I need you all to just remain standing give god all the glory give god all the glory my god we give you the glory And everyone be seated except this, these two right here. I'm going to get my pronouns right. I'm going to tell you a story. I think I am. Cornelius was blessed of God. He was the first Gentile to receive the Holy Spirit. God honored him. And the angel said... Your gifts to the poor and your acts of kindness have gone up before God as a living memorial. You were attacked by the devil. You were attacked not even by an underling, but by him himself. He came to take you out, both of you out. And he tried to do it by sending waves of tragedy setbacks and false hopes and all kind of mirages and stuff and affected your health. You need to take your hand put it right over his heart. And in the night the devil's tried to speak to you about being alone. You have no idea this man is going to be like a modern-day Methuselah <laughs> God is healing you in your blood and in your heart. God is removing something that was growing inside of you, and it is not. It is uh, like God, Jesus cursed the fig tree. This thing is done. It's done. It's done. But now, it's her turn for a miracle. And you know, about getting back to that Methuselah thing, I want you to not, not uh, be tempted the other way 30 years from now. Like, he's still here. When am I going to get a break, you know? <laughs> okay? So, I don't want to be responsible for that emotion. God is healing your body. Healing you now. Removing this forever. Chronic comes and goes. Sometimes you feel it for a while, then it leaves. Put your hand right there. Into your system is coming the healing virtue of the Holy Spirit. It's going to affect your head, your neck, your back, your legs, and your lungs. And in every one of those things I've described, God is restoring your strength and your health. Somebody give God the Glory. Glory. You know, if we wait another five minutes, this will be the longest service I've ever been in in my life. <laughs> you are amazing. You are amazing. I've got one more thing to say to my friend in the Tommy Bahama shirt that I am jealous of. But I know where to get one, so it's okay. One of the gifts of God is witty inventions. And sometime, the thing that affected Edison the most is when other people would take him. And something that belonged to him was taken by someone else. In fact, that's how he invented the photograph. It was out of anger. He went into a room by himself and sequestered himself so that no one could get near him And he told himself, I'm not walking out of here until I invent something that no one else can steal. You've been robbed, but God's going to replace it all with new inventions. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I just give God the glory. I give him the honor. I don't know if you realize where I'm preaching tomorrow night. (laughs) I'm preaching at Bethel Church in Reading tomorrow night at at, at 6 o'clock. So I want all of you to come with me. Because I don't know how we're going to repeat tomorrow night what God did in this room without your help. You know, I do believe that it is not a coincidence that that there is such a, and I I I don't want to be left out. What was that? That was, that was. Re- oh, it's tempting. Yeah, it is. And uh, I'll tell you what. I don't know how. You know, whoo. something has started. It's not going to stop. Come on, let's let's give God all the glory. Something has started and it's not going to stop. Give him all the praise. Glory to God. Isn't he good? Well, be seated for a moment. This is going to be the world's fastest commercial ever done. How many of you have never read this book entitled Edgewise? Never read it? Raise your hand. Say, I repent before God. Okay. All right. Uh, one of the things that has crippled the body of Christ is a faulty view of end-time prophecy. It, it, it tends to develop a fatalism that we cannot have much influence on the outcome Of world events. This is wisdom at the edge of time. And normally. It is a $15 book. But it is not tonight. But wait there's more. (laughs) I've always wanted to say that one in church. This is a Bay Area. Classic. This book. Reaching critical mass. Was written here in the Bay Area. When I wrote it. In back in the 1900s, in the year, none of your business, no publisher would accept this manuscript. Seven of them turned it down, which they all now wish they hadn't. It is so far sold, 150,000 copies worldwide. And it, it now has a foreword written by Bill Johnson. Did I tell you it was written by Bill Johnson? This book is normally $15, but wait, there's more. <laughs> Try to imagine what it would look like if you saw a choir of 1,000 former prostitutes singing to the Lord. And I saw it in one of the greatest world conventions of my life was Victory Outreach in, in Los Angeles. 30,000 people came to that event. And I preached that night, and this is a DVD that's normally $10. And this one is when I preached at Jesus Culture Encounter. And uh, I made the mistake of telling them they couldn't yell as loud as we did in Berkeley. (laughs) And they now have a DVD called The Shout. (laughs) That's just that moment. But anyway, in that service... I preached on this revival that we're, we're going to see. So, when you do all the math, this is about uh, $50 worth of uh, product for $20. You'd be crazy not to get it. That's all there is. I'll pray for your mind. <laughs> now, how many of you will pray for me tomorrow night in, when I'm at Bethel and ready? You know, I just feel like the fire is going to go all the way swirling all around. And then can you believe it on Tuesday night? I'm at the uh, the Awakening 209 in Manteca. Yeah, so. And then Wednesday I will be raptured to heaven. Just for relief. Uh, I want to tell you... Uh, One final remark before I give this back to pastor. The Lord has ordered me off the road for 40 days. This is the last weekend I'm going to be preaching for over 40 days. And he's ordered me to go into intercession. Because the events that are taking place in our nation right now are that bad, that desperate. And to be honest with you, I don't want to preach the wrong message. And and the Holy Spirit has really convicted me that I don't know what to say. That I do not have the counsel of God for this country right now. That it could go one way or another and neither one could be right. And I'm going to ask God for the greatest signs and wonders that we've ever seen. Because I really believe that when you look at the philosophical secular progressivism that is now running our nation in the educational That it was spawned right here. It's a product from here. How many of you believe that if the disease came from here, the cure ought to come from here? And I know it, and I believe it, and I trust God, and I'm not going to doubt that in the next 40 days, when I begin this week, and I'm going to be very, very seriously interceding, how many of you would like to join and partner with me in prayer and be a part of interceding for the Bay Area. And, and I have a list of things that I'm telling you, God is about to revamp everything I'm doing. That's what I believe. And uh, so I'm getting ready, and I can't wait to come back to Blazing Fire And sometime we need to figure out a way to just keep it going until we tear the devil's lips off. Somebody give the Lord a shout right now.
0: So Mario asked, you know, maybe he could come back. I was going to ask him what he's doing tomorrow night, except he's busy. So otherwise I'd have him right back here. Uh, but you guys, let's just extend a hand uh, right now to to um, to Mario, to God's son. Father, thank you for whoa, whoa! Thank you for grace upon, grace upon grace upon grace upon grace upon grace upon your son. God, thank you, thank you for the call, but more importantly, thank you for the grace to sustain him. And we are asking, Holy Spirit, speak to Mario clearer than he's ever heard before. We thank you that, that he is alive. I thank you jealously that I'm alive at the same time he is and that you've allowed our paths to cross. And we're saying, Lord, whatever you want, that's what we want. Let your will be done on the, in the Bay Area and on the world as it is in heaven. We're saying, God, yes to the supernatural signs and wonders that, that have to increase. Yes to the desperate cries that will rise up in the heart's Across across this barrier, thank you, Father, and, and and so standing with Mario, we're both just saying yes to you, God, yes, 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 anything you want. So we bless you, Mario, with with uh, supernatural strength, supernatural wisdom, blueprints from heaven, everything you need, everything you need supplied by the Father, because you're His son. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Wow. going to be out there for a little while. Can I please have our prayer teams up here? I want to just our prayer team's